Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Twitter moments, 
David, you and I. Well, before we we get to this this uh, this this weather, um, I don't know where you are right now. Are, uh, where are you? Actually, I'm sitting on a beach in Florida. Uh, <laughs> really envious of the fact that when I was in New York this time of year, uh, it wasn't nearly that pleasant. How'd you engineer that anyway? It's. It, I talked to my friend Al Gore, and it's all his fault. <laughs> But it is ridiculously beautiful today. It's uh, you know, it's way too nice to be a Monday. I wish I could go out gallivanting and lollygagging tonight. I know the feeling. I got friends and relatives in upstate New York, and uh, they keep telling me, you know, hey, you picked a fine year not to be here. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I can't have you complain. Moved? It's been absolutely gorgeous down here. It's been a, it's been an equally mild winter down here. I think. Uh, I think, well, you know, all these places here have these sliding glass doors instead of windows. If you don't have sliding yeah. glass doors, you're in a, you know, you're in a, uh, you're in the chat room with padded walls. But uh, uh, it, <laughs> I think we've had, I, I think I've had them closed five days total. And one of those five, it was because it was so warm I had to turn the air conditioning on. <laughs> um, wait, what are you talking about padded walls in the chat room? What does that even mean? <laughs> I logged into your chat room on the show here, and yeah. uh, I, I noticed that uh, I was the first one there, so I just made a comment about the padded walls in your chat room <laughs> and the fact that uh, that we haven't done that on uh, Rants, Raves, and Rock and Roll yet. I see. So we got to uh, get more people in the chat room. Uh, whoever's listening, uh, join the chat room by logging in through your Facebook, Twitter, or Blog Talk Radio account. Um, and uh, it's free, free to chat. You can ask whatever questions you want. Um, now, our guest tonight, I have no idea what time it is where he's calling from because I think he might be in London. So they would be he, about like five hours ahead there. of us. Yeah. Oh, boy. I hope he's not quiet because he doesn't want to wake <laughs> the neighbors. Well, in the so, entertainment business, I'm sure he's used to being up at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. That's true. Now, speaking of Twitter moments, which you mentioned earlier, we had a, an online moment the other day where I, I uh, posted on my Facebook about um, the band Fun with a period. It was this – let me explain the background here. Uh, my, my dear friend Nikki Katuferis and I, we went to uh, Terminal 5 to see Panic at the Disco. Now, keep in mind, it's Panic! Exclamation point at the Disco, and then it was Fun, period, opening for them. And then it was Foxy Shazam opening for all of them. So panic, exclamation point at the disco, and fun, period. A whole lot of punctuation that night. Um, and what Nikki and I have found when we've gone to see our panic shows is that the second band always is kind of bad. And we weren't really feeling fun that night at Terminal 5. I mean, fun wasn't that fun, to be honest. And then they told this story about, like, they were, they were charming, but they weren't that funny. They told this story about how they went to see Julie and Casablanca's there. Um, from the uh, Strokes, and they wound up getting, like, VIP seating, and they were in front of Kings of Leon. So they started calling them Serfs of Leon instead of Kings of Leon, and it was this kind of corny thing. And I was like, who are these guys? And the music is not very good. Um, however, this, this new single that they have, We Are Young, sparked my interest, and uh, then I, I subscribed to the, the album on Spotify. And, you know, I didn't buy it, but I subscribed to it. And I, li I listened to it over and over again. It is it is fantastic. And the other day I posted about it, and then you said something. What was what was your reaction to your initially? What was your initial impression of that band? I was I was just blown away. I I've, 
I'm trying to remember the name of the cut you gave me to listen to first. It wasn't We Are Young, which is, I believe, their newest one. But, oh, Some uh, Nights, I think. Yeah, Some Nights. Some Nights, which uh, absolutely blew me out of the room, let alone off the chair. And I understand they just did the same thing down in uh, down at South by Southwest. They just tore the place up. They played... I think I, I'm not sure of the nights. I think it was Wednesday night, and they had some equipment problem, and so they played uh, a virtually an acoustic set of four songs, and then they came back the next night, and they were ready to rock, and they tore the place up. Wow, how about that? It's uh, you know we, we we were wrong. They did not. They they they're a good band. Nick yeah, I uh, I was really blown away by them, and. Uh, They've got a really unique sound. You, you know, you you hate to categorize, and if you know anything about my uh, my leanings in music, I love to push the envelope. I love artists that can cross genres successfully. I mean, not just do uh, you know disco uh, rasta or anything, you know, but actually blend uh, cross genre styles to create something. And these guys have done that. Uh, they've got a uh, they've got a I don't know. I hear. I hear Queen with balls. I hear uh, I, I hear some even on the on the solo. The lead voice has a tremendous voice. I've even heard a little bit of uh, of Don McLeanish coming through with him. And at times you hear the uh, you hear the Beach Boys. I mean, th- these guys not only have a rock sound and a driving drum beat that just you know it just propels you, but they've also got the harmonies mastered. These guys are really good. Yeah, I've definitely heard that Queen sound with them, and uh, what's interesting about that, that anthemic pop that same night when we were at that Panic at the Disco show, and, and then Fun was the second band, Foxy Shazam was the first band, Foxy Shazam also has that very, like, he sounds even more like Freddie Mercury, and that band sounds even more like Queen than Fun does, um, that's worth checking out if you haven't, uh, they are completely insane though. The the guy, Foxy, he he'll drink the sweat out of his shoe during a concert. <laughs> it well, is I think nasty. that's one of I think that's one of the things I like about fun, uh aside from their overall sound. Now you have to know I came from a uh from a very long musical background since I was old enough to play an instrument and I played in bands, I played in marching bands and drum and bugle chorus, and I've always had a love of the big sound. I mean, uh, the Phil Spector wall of sound and on since then. These guys definitely have a big sound, but I think what I like about them is the fact that, yes, they do have a little bit of the touch of the queen, but they they don't imitate they don't sound like it they give it their own sound they they make it theirs mhm yeah most definitely it's uh it's kind of, it's not a sound i've really heard before quite like that what else is going on uh what, what else is uh peaking your interest in music these days oh my gosh there's so much going on i i i'm fascinated with the direction the music industry is taking uh, the fact that uh, the internet and uh, and the digital music scene has opened up new doors not all good i mean there's some uh, there's some definite conflicts going on and in a way this is good because it it, it promotes uh, it promotes advancement and i think we're seeing a uh, major transition i remember i had an interview with uh, 
Larry Perigas, who is the uh, president of Nine North Records in Nashville and uh, a very well-versed gentleman in the uh, in the business. And he was uh, going over the fact that uh, the uh, Internet, the digital music scene, uh, much to the chagrin of the major labels, is not going to destroy the music industry. If anything, it's going to advance it into areas where it hasn't gone before. And the only destruction is going to be the labels that don't adapt to take use of it, who sit back and say, uh, this is killing us. Because it's not, if you, if you get in and you use it, it's a fantastic, fantastic opportunity because it gives every band in the world, every artist in the world, an opportunity to get out there and be heard and learn as they're going along what it's going to take to shape them to make them successful. And this is something that uh, this is something that we haven't seen, I don't think, in the entertainment industry. And regardless of how old they say I am, I'm not quite old enough to remember the infant days of radio. But this is something that we haven't seen since the infant days of radio, when anybody that could put together crystals and wires and plug it in and make it work could have their own radio legally. Uh, that's where we are now, and it's not always going to be that way. It's going to be more and more controlled as the years go by, so the time is now. We're living in a the age of a golden opportunity for artists that want to make it. They have every tool imaginable. They have, you know, you can get a you can get a thousand dollar computer and make a home studio out of it. And when have we ever been able to do that before? And not only that, you can take what you create and broadcast it to the world. If it's a hit, you know, you get three million hits on YouTube. If it's not a hit, you're going to get feedback to find out what you need to do to make it better. Yeah. What about the, the opposite side of that, where um, there's so many artists now that can just, you know, release stuff on the Internet that um, the good ones might get lost in the in the shuffle? Well, there's another... That brings out another facet of the industry that a lot of up-and-coming artists and even some more established ones I've found overlook. Uh, it's not called the music business because all you do is write music, rehearse it, get up on stage and play it. It is a business, and you've got to learn the other parts of the business. You've got to learn marketing. You've got to learn how to go out and sell yourself because when you're starting, you're the only one that's going to be selling you. You're not going to have some agent come up and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, boy, I'm going to make you a star. It don't happen too often that way. And so you've got to know the business, and you've got to get out there and meet people. You've got to get into the circles where you meet record company people. You meet agents. You meet booking agents. And you get to learn that part of the business, too, or rather those parts, because if not – What's going to happen is you're going to wind up getting stung like so many artists have before. So you really have to get out there, learn the business from the time you first decide you're going to be a music star. Learn the business, learn the other facets of it, learn how to market yourself, learn how to check out agents. Go hang around. If, you, if you're fortunate enough to live in a major city where there are record labels and music companies, Go hang out there. Get yourself a job delivering mail or whatever it is so you can get on the inside and learn how these things are done. Uh, believe me, it's a cheap college experience. You'll never be able to go to college and learn as much as you will right there 
on the scene doing it. And these are things you need to know to be successful in the business. Yeah, most definitely. Now, tell me about, uh, by the way, our, um, we're waiting for our guest, Robbie Boyd, to call in. Robbie, if you're listening, uh, now would be a wonderful time um, to <laughs> dial in the number, 917-388-4131. Um, in the meantime, Dave, why don't you tell me about this, this new show that you're doing, the Rams Raid, the Duck Butter and Rock and Roll Show. Okay, well, I uh, I hooked up with this uh, wonderful team out of, uh, well, they're out of Tucson, Arizona right now, and uh, they have 10 Internet shows that they do, two of which I am a pretty regular contributor to, the Rants, Raves, and Rock, which is just exactly what the title implies. Uh, we have on rock artists a little more general than that. We cover all genres. I mean, we've had folk, we've had blues, we've had funk, and uh, this is exactly what I was looking for as a venue to be able to present these artists. And we do. We cover everything from the artists themselves, their careers, their music, of course. you got to have the music. It's all about the music and the people who make it. And we also touch on any other subject comes up. I mean, we're not afraid to get into politics. Uh, we've gotten into religion. We've got a uh, show coming up next month on uh, on child trafficking. So we do hit on uh, on all the issues. As a matter of fact, we have a... Uh, we have a show coming up on Saturday, which is going to be an all-women's show, and uh, we have a top 40 act out of uh, the District of Columbia area, Kim Cameron of the group Kim Cameron and Side Effects, and we've also got a couple of newer artists. We have, and I, I hope I get these backgrounds right, uh, Katie Ainge, who's a singer-songwriter from the Northwest, I believe, uh, Washington State area. I don't have all my notes in front of me. And we have a new feature, which I uh, worked with the producers to create, something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and that's where we introduce some of these up-and-coming artists that we find on the Internet. We find them on YouTube. We find them on Facebook, on uh, MySpace, which is experiencing quite a resurgence in the last couple of months or, because people have discovered they have a better music platform than most of the other social websites. Uh, but this is what I was saying before, and I'm not a music company executive. I'm not going to be able to offer these guys a contract and get them a gig, but I can expose them, and this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. Take these artists, these local and regional artists, and there are some damn good ones out there. There are some kick-ass artists out there, and get them a little bit more exposure. So we created this little corner of our program we call Five Minutes of Fame, and uh, we will periodically, we don't do it every show, but most of the shows, we will be presenting a, an artist from a different part of the country that uh, the rest of the country and probably the rest of the world has never heard of before and uh, give our audience a chance to hear them and get some feedback if they, you know, if they generate a lot of feedback of course we're going to have them back on the show for a full-blown interview and uh, you know hopefully it gives them a little more exposure and uh, maybe, if not opens a couple of doors for them, at least maybe it directs them to a couple of doors they can knock on and try to open. I don't know if I would use that term full-blown interview anymore. <laughs> We're going to start already. Huh? <laughs> no, we'll uh, 
we this, usually uh, this, uh, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> this, this this all women show. Are you are you banned from that, or can you participate? No, I uh, <clears throat> I will be uh, trying to participate. You have to keep in mind now that uh, we're going to have uh, three female music uh, music guests. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, we also, I should mention that the producers are both female. It's a mother and daughter team out of uh, out of Tucson. And uh, I am going to be outnumbered by at least five to one by blonde ladies. So uh, this this could be quite interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure what the implication was there, but there was something to that. <laughs> no, no, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, and Nancy and Kathy, the producers, uh, Nancy, Kathy, uh, Nancy and Lisa, the producers of the show, uh, are mm-hmm. tremendous to work with. As I've indicated, they've given me pretty much an open door to be able to to present artists. You know, a lot of shows don't want artists that nobody's ever heard of because, you know, they're not going to draw people to listen. Well, that's not totally true. These people have followings in their own area. And uh, I I hearken back to a a philosophy. A lot of people laugh at me in this day and age uh, when I cite Gene Autry as uh, as a – landmark in this in this area but uh, Gene Autry did something that in his day was very unique and it worked beyond probably his wildest expectations for those of you who follow the old westerns and Gene Autry in particular uh, Gene used to do movies and every movie he had a band backing him up and the band was always a different band from a different part of the country that nobody had ever heard of and, of course, everybody figured, well, hey, that's a pretty good ploy on his part. He can get a band to back him up and doesn't have to pay him a lot of money because they're not stars. But it went a little deeper than that. The band was going out and hustling their fans to go see his movies when they came to their area. And thereby, they were building Autry, a nationwide audience, one region at a time. So it, it can have a little bit of viral effect. Wow. <clears throat> that is a smart idea. Just yeah, get get them to do some promotion just kind of accidentally there. Now this yeah, is what you're talking about. Ways. It works for both parties. It's a win win situation. Yeah, exactly. Um kinda like right now. Now this uh show you're talking about with uh Lisa and Nancy, these these are the the, the women who drink during the show, right? That they're hammered during the broadcast. <laughs> Well, they they have been known to occasionally sip a little bubbly, especially especially on our Sunday show, which is Champagne Sundays. You can't uh, you can't possibly do a champagne show without having a glass of the bubbly. All right, <laughs> I t- I had one of those experiences once where, um, you know, I've never taken a drink during this show, but during a show that I was a guest on, this uh, our good friend Ben Cameron's uh, Broken Leg podcast, it's a Broadway podcast. Um, my friend Jonathan and I went over and did the show with uh, Ben and, and this girl from uh, the Legally Blonde uh, MTV show, uh, Selena Carvajal, both Broadway people, and, and uh, they were very excited that Broadway World had reached out to them, broadwayworld.com, very prominent Broadway uh, website. Um, and they were, like, very excited about it beforehand, but they start every show with a shot of Jameson, 
Um, and then it just keeps going. So by the end of the show, Selena was like, oh, Broadway world, whatever. And they totally, like, lost any cred that they had with Broadway world during our episode. Well, I know you've I know you've listened to some of the shows, and I know you know the the girls are very professional, and we have managed to uh, we've managed to avoid getting totally sloshed on the air, and uh, I don't uh, <laughs> I don't party quite as hardy as I used to anyway. I kind of tamed down in my uh, more recent years. But uh, <laughs> how was your St. Patrick's Day? Speaking of partying, hardy. It was incredibly mild. Uh, I limited my uh, St. Patrick's Day festivities to one uh, humongous dinner. Uh, I don't. I must admit, I do not necessarily wait to have corned beef and cabbage once a year, but that's one day I definitely have it, and I, I think I've still got some left. <laughs> it was. Uh, that was. Uh, that was. So that's what those thing. noises were. I'm sorry. That's what those noises were. I heard earlier. That's probably what they were, yes. But uh, no, that was uh, that was the extent of my uh, my St. Patrick's Day partying. Cool. Now you know what I have a bad feeling is happening with our our guest, the David. I think that they are on a because I was just skyping with uh, my friend from um, my friend who is from Ireland but lives in London now. Just skyping with him yesterday, and he had no idea that we had switched. Uh, that we sprung forward last week. So I have a bad feeling that this is what's happening now is that this guy got confused and he's going to call in, you know, an hour from now and nobody's going to be here. Oh, wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I was just going, I, I have to do that with, uh, with my producers because, uh, well, you can imagine with 10 shows, it gets a little confusing. And of course they have to, uh, they have to coordinate the times with each individual guest. So I'm usually very careful when I get my guests to find out where they are and go over the time difference, both with uh, the guest and the producers to avoid that, uh, that confusion. <laughs> so you're saying I didn't do my due diligence here. No, no, no. I was just suggesting that this is probably what you did, and that the mistake is probably, you know, over on the other side of the pond somewhere. <laughs> He's not here to now, defend himself. <laughs> right, right. Hey, Robbie, on the last time, wherever you are. <laughs> the last time I had a guest not show up, I uh, saluted him with some crow sounds, and uh, he wound up making it up and coming back uh, another time. Yeah, um, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to do that to the girls. They've got one they use. Uh, they have a a butt pan. They the uh, the butt pan song to the tune of Batman. <laughs> butt pan. The butt pan. Yes. <laughs> Is that like a like a bed pan? A butt yes, pan? Yes. Yes. You catch on fast. You have an and amazing how does grasp the song of the go? obvious, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how does the song? I'm, I assume it's like na 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 na. Butt pan. Like you that. got it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and are those the only lyrics? That's about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and every calling... once in a while, somebody gets a butt pan. Yes. <laughs> and they're just calling the guests the butt pan. Well, it's not limited to guests. It's just whoever happens to deserve the butt pan award that week. Uh, we are we are not hesitant to award it. It's you know. <laughs> It's not something we wait once a year like the Oscars, the Emmys, or Grammys. <laughs> Whenever okay. somebody deserves it, boom. <laughs> well, <clears throat> speaking of butt pants, 
Um, you and I have both uh, worked in radio. Let's let's talk about Rush Limbaugh for a second. Um, okay. Now, <laughs> Rush Limbaugh is uh, – hold on a second, David. I think we have a call. Uh, 203, what's your name? Where are you checking in from? Uh, my name is Mike. I want to order a pizza. Sure. Um, what is your address? Uh, it's uh, it's 620 West 152nd Street, uh-huh. apartment 7. Okay. And, uh, uh, and uh, cheese and peppers. Cheese and peppers? You want What size do you want? Large. Definitely a large. You want a large pizza with cheese and peppers? You want half cheese and half peppers or just cheese and peppers on the whole no. thing? No, like cheese and peppers. No, like cheese and peppers in the whole thing. And what what apartment number did you say it was? Seven. Seven, yeah. And then uh, um, what's it called? One of those two liter two liter Coke things. Two liter is Pepsi okay? Oh, that's yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Well, we don't have any Pepsi. We only have Coke. So is that all right? What? That's not. Yeah, fine. Coke's fine. What? what? Yeah, okay. it's fine. So, you say you're in apartment seven. Is it one of those things where I'm going to have to walk through a railroad and? Go upstairs to get to. Uh, it's it's up it's up one flight of stairs. I'll just I can just buzz you in. I mean railroad. Where are the railroad tracks in New York City? No 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 not railroad tracks. A railroad apartment. Like when the last time I had someone order a pizza, she was like, you have to go through Mrs. Smith's apartment, and then you go up the stairs, and then you knock three times, and all oh, that. Oh no 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 no. It's it's nothing like that. No. Okay, so you want uh this is a disgusting pizza by the way. You want uh, cheese and peppers uh, and the whole thing, and then a two-liter Coke. Do you want anything else with that? No, but it sounds – I don't think that sounds disgusting. I don't know. I mean, I uh, we don't make very good pizza here. What? Why would you say that about your – I'm so confused. I guess I'm not going to call this place again for pizza. You know what? You can, you can just cancel my order. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, no worries. Talk to you soon. Hi, Michael. Hi. <laughs> hey, does, is the Internet broadcast covered by the you got to tell him he's on the air law? <laughs> you get you get a what? Is Internet broadcasting covered by the you got to tell him he's on the air law? <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening uh, to too um, much of the old Don Imus in the morning. <laughs> okay, well. Right. Well, back to that topic. So we had the uh, the first was Don Imus, who, I mean, really, I remember uh, my favorite morning show was Star and Buck Wild on Power 105, and Star said some inappropriate things. First he got suspended, then he got fired. Um, then you had Don, Don Imus with the whole girls' basketball team scandal, and then, you know, he was fired, and he's back doing something elsewhere. And then now you got Rush Limbaugh losing a bunch of his sponsors, and he said um, – something, you know, shocking and ignorant, um, but I, I don't know, I, I, don't, I disagree with that man on, on everything he stands for, but I, I, I don't know that these are fireable offenses. They're kind of, these guys have all just been themselves, and they're, they're, they get paid to do this shock value radio. Um, what do you think? Do you think that that is the, the only solution to, to just can them? No. First, First, I would like to touch on the Imus in the morning uh, comment, though. I was referring back to Imus's first time around in New York City, uh, which may have been before your time. I remember, I'm older than dirt. But uh, he came in, uh, his whole shtick was calling various people and places 
uh, unannounced and going through a an entire routine similar to what you just did. He would call McDonald's at 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning and order 1,200 hamburgers to go. <laughs> which happened to be the title, which happened to be the title of his album, which you can still get. It's uh, it's available on CD too, uh, and then he would proceed. Once he got the guy sold on that, you know, well, this is this is the National Guard, and I'm in charge of this troop movement. You're not going to say no to Uncle Sam, are you? Uh, once he got through with that, then he proceeded to itemize how he wanted all the burgers done. I'd like uh, 350 with mustard, cheese, lettuce, and no pickles. And, uh, well, hold the mustard on 12. It's a great bit. He also did one where he called up and said that uh, his guest had lost their, uh, has lost his glasses uh, in one of the telephone booths in the hotel lobby. As a matter of fact, he lost his whole suit there. Would you check? And if you find it, would you call the station and ask for Mr. Kent, Clark Kent? He had a whole bunch of these bits. Well, Long story short, he was probably single-handedly responsible for that uh, federal law that says you have to tell people they're on the air before you put them on the air. So <laughs> that's what I was referring to there. But uh, to answer your Limbaugh question, I couldn't agree with you much more than that. I don't agree uh, with all of Limbaugh's rants. Uh, I do understand that it's a, uh, it's a balancing act. I mean, the left wing has their radicals, the right wing has theirs, Limbaugh offsets the left wing, and somewhere in between is where the truth lies. And we have to take it all with a grain of salt. I mean, let's face it, this is, quote, entertainment, unquote. Uh, This guy is not a political pundit. He's not a political expert. He's not even a politician. He's an entertainer. He's out there to build his audience, and just like, uh, you know, well, uh, just like Imus did, uh, and others are doing now. You, you go out there, and some people, their whole shtick is to be radical. So yeah. he stirs up people. You remember Howard Cosell? People used to tune into Monday Night Football just to throw bricks at the TV because they hated Howard, but it built an audience. <laughs> so, no, right. uh, I don't agree with uh, a lot of his extreme comments. I mean, some of the stuff that he says is based in conservatism and, and conservative policy as opposed to you know, the liberal platform, and I can't disagree with his right to say it. Uh, the question with the, uh, the young lady that came up and caused this uh, recent flare-up, uh, yeah, hey, if you're going to be extreme like that, you got to be careful, because sooner or later you're going to say something that goes over the line. I mean, Cosell made the comment on on national football, on Monday Night Football about look at that little monkey run, and uh, you know the the blacks got upset about it, and I understand why. But by the same token, that was a, an, an explosion of the moment. It was something that came out of his mouth that shouldn't have. But it did, and who among us hasn't stuck their foot in their mouth at one time or another? He just happened to do it on national TV in front of, you know, millions of listeners. Same with Limbaugh. He's, you know, he's going to stick his foot in his mouth and go over the line every now and then. Anytime you go to an extreme, that's a risky run. And uh, so, no, I don't agree with everything he says. I do agree with his right to say it, and to answer your question, is firing him the only uh, 
only solution? No, because one, he hasn't broken any laws. He's offended some people. He could even be morally wrong in many people's minds, but he does have the right to speak his mind, and as long as people are willing to pay to listen, you know, to spend the money on his sponsors to support his show, then he has a right to his forum, and it's like, uh, well, I just went around with the people on Facebook uh, because they have this policy of of, uh, you can't invite people you don't know to be your friends. Well, I don't know how you're supposed to meet friends if you don't invite them, but you know that's their policy. I think their uh, I think their programming computers have a logarithm that you know goes through on each one and says, uh, okay, you have no known contacts with this person, you have no friends in in common with this person, so there's a red flag. But uh, it, it's the same basic thing. You've got a right to say what you want. If it offends someone, then they have a right to be offended, and you have a right to decide, okay, was I wrong in saying this, and should I apologize, or should I do like Limbaugh did and mouth an apology that everybody knows is insincere? Right. <laughs> you know, those all that talk about Imus with the burgers before has me very hungry. I've been on this, <laughs> this well, diet, maybe, Dave. This, maybe you should have that guy go get you a pizza. <laughs> been on this... N- Nutrisystem diet for a while, and uh, I'm I'm starving. Um, now, let's uh, let's talk about the um, what you mentioned before about the, the the law that people had to be aware that they were on the air before they go on the air. I think that there is some flexibility with that because um, when I listen to Ryan Seacrest's radio show in the morning, and I listen to the LA feed uh, at my desk because the uh, um, I, that's like what got me through living in Los Angeles for two years was the morning radio shows between Seacrest and, and Big Boy's Neighborhood. Um, they just, because <laughs> I, I hated living in L.A., so that, that made it better um, and made the drive go smoother. Now, what he, he does this segment um, called Ryan's Roses where he uh, has somebody in his office call somebody that is maybe suspected of cheating and before they call that person, um, the the accusing party, whether it be the wife or the girlfriend or the boyfriend or whatever, the, the accusing party will have to say, Ryan, you have my permission to call, and then they bleep out the name on the air. So they get the permission from the wife or girlfriend or whatever, and then they call. So I think there's some flexibility there that the party being called doesn't necessarily need to be aware that they're on the air. That's interesting. The more laws we create, the more ways we find around them. <laughs> but no, I, you know, that you may well be right. I haven't had to, uh, I haven't had to use that in a long time, so I haven't investigated it so that I could figure out a way around it. Yeah, and about what you were saying about the Facebook thing, I have uh, one of these uh, iPhone thingies, and I went on my Facebook app on the iPhone. And I accidentally hit a button that was like, invite all your contacts. Now, my contacts were, I, like, when when my last phone got stolen when I woke up in Coney Island one night on the train um, and <laughs> without my uh, my phone and my iPod, I, um, I, I took my roommate at the time's phone. Now, my roommate, he... Uh, his con- Verizon has a thing where they save all your contacts, 
So somehow it was such like an old phone that it didn't necessarily work with the new interface. So when they updated my contact back to this new phone that he had, it was um, his contacts and my contacts got synced together. So when I hit invite, and it, and it has taken me forever, I cannot get rid of these people off my phone. And I've tried I've tried going on the Internet. I've tried deleting them on the, the phone itself, and they just keep coming back on the phone. So I uh, went to the, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, the, the Facebook app, and I hit the invite all accidentally. Um, mm-hmm. Like just I must have rolled over onto it or something, and then all of a sudden uh, I'm getting like, these people accept your friend requests, and it's kind of awkward when it's maybe uh, somebody you're supposed to go on a date with that you blew off that you requested <laughs> a friend on the thing. And uh, the good thing about it is that um, this guy who my old roommate knows, his name is David Levithan, and he wrote the book uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, which was later turned into a movie. Um, and so he wound up accepting my friend request, and he was like, now that I've approved you, who, pray tell, are you? And I explained, and we had this conversation, told him about the radio show, and I think he might come on. And so that was a nice little thing that came out of it accidentally. However, um, when I went to go request somebody else later on that I did know, uh, they were like, you are currently blocked from sending friend requests because several people have reported that they don't know you. And it was all those people. Yeah, there is a, there is a function on there if you uh, if you haven't noticed when you when you uh, get an invite, uh, it, it you know it says accept, and if you hit the decline, then it comes back and asks you if you know this person other than that Facebook and blah blah blah. You go from there. So yeah, if they hit decline and uh, want to burn your butt, then they can do it by uh, just saying no, I don't know this person, and uh, they're immediately going to jump on you. The right. funny thing was the one per- I don't I don't invite that many people. Uh, I have been known to go on Facebook. As a matter of fact, when uh, Facebook banned me from inviting people for a week, I went on Facebook and I posted that I would accept any and all invitations. Just go ahead, invite me. Uh, so <laughs> just out of pure spite because that's the kind of guy I am. But uh, I don't invite very many people. Uh, because of the business I'm in, I do invite the people that I'm going to have on the show because I figure we should have some mutual contact. You know, if I'm if I'm going to have President Obama on the show, I'm going to invite him to be my Facebook friend too because we should have a uh, some mutual contact. But uh, I had invited a, uh, as a matter of fact, a very wonderful uh, jazz singer lady out of New York City. She's uh, actually up in uh, Yonkers. When I say New York City, you have to remember I'm speaking of the generic New York City, the entire <laughs> compendium of cities, not just the, the borough. Uh, but there's a uh, wonderful jazz singer lady up there, Ellie Fordyce. And uh, we had lost contact after uh, my last computer crash. And I had found her again on Facebook and sent her an invite. That was the only invite I had sent out for probably four or five days. And uh, immediately I was blocked. And I, I, I thought that was really funny. You know, if you're going to block me for inviting people I don't know, which is an absurd policy to begin with. I mean, this is a social media site, but let's not uh, let's not digress too much. Uh, 
But uh, if you're going to if you're going to ban me for inviting people I don't know, then get off my back about people I do know. This is a lady I've known for several years, and uh, <laughs> I just wanted to get her back on my list. I really don't understand the logic behind saying you can't invite too many. You know that's stupid. I mean, the more people you have on there, the the more money you're going to make, and you can't invite people you don't know. Come on, give me a break. Why is it that you? get to dictate who I can invite. If I invite someone and they don't want to be my friend, click decline. Screw it. It's no big deal. You know, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Well, it might a little, depending on who it is. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. if it was one of the girls that you turned down or something, that would be another story. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but anyway, no, I, I, I don't understand their uh, their philosophy and why they feel that they have to dictate how many and who you can invite to be your friends. That's ludicrous. The filmmaker Kevin Smith was saying a similar thing where when he first got on Facebook, he uh, he just kept accepting anyone who requested him. So he, and then he didn't realize that there was a limit on it. So once he hit the 5,000 friends, um, he couldn't accept anymore. So I think that's one of the reasons he was grateful that Twitter uh, became popular later on, came out mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. hit because now he has like, you know, the a million followers or something, so that way he can communicate with his following, but uh, without uh, limitations. Yeah, and sooner sooner or later, I mean, these, these things go in cycles. I mean, MySpace was big there for quite a while. It was the be-all, end-all. And then Facebook came along and virtually destroyed it, partially because of MySpace's own negligence. They let their, uh, they let their platform get sloppy. And uh, Facebook's going to do the same thing. All they'll do is uh, they may hasten it by, uh, you know, th- these ridiculous and arbitrary rulings that they have. Uh, people, I already know people who have abandoned Facebook simply because they don't like the new format, this new timeline format they have, which I think is, uh, well, I'm not really fond of that either. It's It's a little ridiculous. Basically, all it is is you've got two columns of posts, one of which is a bunch of stuff that you posted last week, last month, or last year, or whatever, and, you know, who the heck really gives a crap? I don't want to know. I don't care if you read the stuff I posted last year. You want it? I'll go dig it out and send you a copy. I don't want it cluttering up my page. But we didn't have a choice. They announced that you're going to do this regardless. It's happening. It's going to be done. And it is. So uh, Facebook will uh, probably help hang themselves. But sooner or later, somebody will come along with a better mousetrap and lure them all away. Right now, it's it, it's hurting them a little because I know they're they're losing some followers. And I was reading here, oh, right around the first week of the month, uh, there were figures out that uh, MySpace had, in fact, uh, was experiencing a resurgence of something like forty thousand uh, new signups a week or something. I, they went, they got over a million new signups or renewal signups from people that had left. Uh, in February alone, so uh, it's you know it's it's shaking down. And uh, like I said, you know as well as I do, somebody will build them a better mouse trap, and then we'll all have to add another new social uh, media site to our list. <laughs> it never ends. I know. I've got the how many pages of passwords have I got here? <laughs> I have a um, format. I have a formula for my passwords so that. Uh, there's there's a little bit of logic, just enough logic that I can remember what my passwords are in most cases. 
Um, well, I mean, that's why you just got to make all of them one, two, three, four. No? Yeah, I thought about that, but uh, I figure if I could figure that out, so could the hackers. And believe me, on Facebook, uh, they have been hit so many times it's scary. Yeah. Well, David, I want to um, I want you to listen to this uh, uh, special uh, uh, report in the form of a phone call um, from our uh, field reporter Jason Selvig of uh, MTV's North Palm Wrestling Sketch Comedy. Now, uh, this is. Um, uh, I'm sure illegal because this lady that he's called does not know that she's on the air. But as you can see from the chat room, nobody's listening. So let's <laughs> let's roll it, and then when it's over, you tell me uh, you tell me what you thought. Uh, this is a guy who is about to get married. Here we okay. go. Underwood Law Office. Yeah, I was calling about some questions about a divorce. Okay. Well, I'm engaged to to be married, and uh, I'm you know I'm kind of having cold feet, and I also found out that my uh, wife is cheating on me, or my fiance is cheating on me. Um, okay. And uh, the thing is, she has a lot of money, so I'm thinking maybe I should just get married and then kind of do a divorce right afterwards, and get uh, some of that money. First off, if she if she is wealthy, d- has she said anything about a prenup? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She brings that up all the time. She wants me to sign a prenup. And I always kind of change the subject. Her question is, should you, you're, you're wanting to know whether you should go ahead and marry her. Right. Um, even though you know she's. Already being unfaithful. Oh yeah, and, and she's turn like, around and get it and get for divorced. real unfaithful. And then, but like, I, don't, I mean, she has like a, a good amount of money. So I'm like, and I put in all this time, and you know, she's just like not a fun person to be around. You know, like I just want to like you know get my money's worth for all these years. You know what I mean? Okay, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, if she's if she's gonna if she's been pricing to get a prenup to begin with, right. Um, you know, you may, it, it may just... Or is there, like, is, it, is that something where I can, like, bring a prenup into you guys and you guys, like, change some words around so, like, I end up getting more money in the divorce or something like that, and then I'll sign that? Yeah, chances are. I mean, if she's already doing it before you get married... Here's the other thing, and I forgot to mention this. I can't believe I forgot to mention this. Uh, the whole reason we're, like, rushing to get married, and we're getting married next month, by the way, um, is she is preggers right now. And okay. I, you know, I think it's mine. It might be, but maybe not. But if she has a kid, that's one more way to split up the money as well. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Um, okay, let me get your, what is your name? Okay, and that was uh, Jason Selvig, uh, and uh, <laughs> what do you what do you think, David Bowers? Well, first off, I I am about as surprised at that lady as I am the uh, the nine one one operator on the call on that story that's finally made national news about the uh, the. Uh, <clears throat> neighborhood watch guy that shot the kid down here in Florida. 
Uh, I, I'm a little surprised at the things that were said in this particular case. I'm surprised at what she didn't say, uh, like coming right out and telling the guy, you know, what you're suggesting is illegal and we're not going to be any part of it. Right. So, so you, were, you were shocked at her, it seems. Yeah, because, well, of course, you prefaced me on this so that I know that it was, in fact, a stunt, so that what the guy does doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's similar, only a little, a little push the envelope a little further than what the stuff I'm as used to do. But uh, so I wasn't surprised at what he was doing. As a matter of fact, knowing that it was a stunt and everything, it was kind of funny. But the the funny, scary part was the fact that this lady who, uh, while she is probably not an attorney or never will be, I mean, she represents the attorney's office. She's answering the phone and interacting with clients. And here she is, basically, she's not condoning, but she's not doing anything to stop the fact that this guy is virtually asking them to uh, uh, come in and commit perjury for him. Right. <laughs> I mean, she wouldn't be working for me very long if I do that. I, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you just that's the best you can get. You know, I went to Easy Method Driving School in New Haven, and it was the only, the only driving school in New Haven. It was the only uh, guy in the city who was willing to do that awful job. Um, and he, this guy would smoke in the car. He would smoke in the classroom. Um, and uh, his, uh, his secretary, Sheila, his name was Gary, and Sheila had been at the company for a while, and she embezzled money. But the thing is that nobody else would do that job, so they hired her back, even <laughs> though she embezzled money to begin with. And I was in the car with Gary one time, uh, actually, Gary, he would walk into the classroom an hour late, and Sheila would go, good morning, Gary, and it was at, you know, it was 7 at night. And he'd go, good morning, and she said, he thinks it's morning, trust me. And one time I was in the in his car, and I, th- I braked too fast, and so we, when we went to pick up the next student, um, I'm picking up his tapes in the back, and there it is in the days of cassette tapes, and uh, I have uh, this wide array of, of all different music, like there was Culture Club, uh, Big Willie style, the, the Will Smith joint, and this guy is an older guy, and he, he starts flipping out going, where's my Nas? And he was flipping out about Nas, um, who that maybe people might not expect him to listen to. So he was quite a character, and I saw him in Dunkin' Donuts one day and tried to avoid him, but he turned to me and did his classic, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's scary. The only thing, the only thing I can think of scarier than that is, is teaching four daughters how to drive, and uh, that probably explains why I've lost a good portion of my sanity. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I hear you. Well, I'll tell you what. Since Robbie never made it, let's let's play one of his songs, and uh, I'm curious to get your reaction, and then we'll uh, we'll take a night after that. So this is. Um, Robbie Boyd Band with his single, I Won't Let You Go. Be right back with the David Barrett. It's taken a long time to find this feeling. I've seen your soul shine and found it healing. 
There's no drug like finding meaning No revenge in someone bleeding I can't sleep cause I can't reach you I can't breathe cause I can't feel you I won't let you go
Right. Oh my god. We checked. We checked. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Twice today with the team who set it up, and they said it was one one o'clock um, English time. I'm so sorry yeah. about that. No worries, sir. Um, so it, you showed up, so uh, I'm so glad you're here now. Uh, so now, now, now you're calling. It is one o'clock in the morning where you are, right? Yes. So I'm actually, yeah, I got work in the morning, so I've been to sleep and I'm just waking up. <laughs> you have work in the morning, and you also have a show yeah. tomorrow night, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Good knowledge. Yeah, we got a show. Um, but still got to pay the bills. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, so tomorrow night's show uh, is uh, No Quarter at Notting Hill Arts Club tomorrow night in London. Um, now, yeah. uh, what can uh, what can people expect from um, the Robbie Boyd Band live? You got a bunch of gigs coming up. We yeah, we have got a very full-on schedule coming up um, all across Europe. Actually, excited to say, just come back from France and we're going to Germany in August. Um, what can people expect? Yeah, just just uh, exciting, exciting shows. Um, there are normally seven of us, and we have I play I play the ukulele and acoustic guitar. We have violins, mandolin, electric guitar. Trumpet. Sometimes we have an eighth member who plays saxophone, um, mandolin, double bass, piano, percussion, and drums. So all sorts. Wow, that sounds like a whole lot of I, people. I call I call uh, I call it funky folk. Which is, yeah. <laughs> I like that funky <laughs> poker. Um, how many people are in your band? Um, yeah, so normally seven, um, and then yeah. sometimes eight when when I. When we have a big stage and and I want to involve the saxophone. Now, do the other people in your band get upset that their names are not up there? <laughs> um, I do get upset sometimes. Um, I I I don't know. Um, I don't know about upset, but we the, we kind of one of the things that we pride ourselves in um, is that we're quite a flexible unit. Um, mm-hmm. So you know we do play. I I play on my own. We play two, two, three, four, five, six of us, any number. Um, so kind of you know we keep on playing even if some of the members can't play. Um, and because I started it three years ago and have just played with lots of different musicians, that's kind of how it how it it's kept itself. Now, do the other um, did, did did the idea of your name for the band did it come from the Dave Matthews band or from Bon Jovi? <laughs> <laughs> from Bon Jovi. <laughs> from Bon Jovi. Okay. Um, someone we we were playing in the Isle of Wight, um, and someone it was kind of one of the first times that I'd been performing with with a backing band rather than just me on my own being called Robbie Boyd, um, and for lack of another name, someone else, some other promoter had just said the Robbie Boyd band and on this board, and I quite like the alliteration, <laughs> and, um, and so just, just stuck with it. And also, I've, um, I've been busking on the on streets of London for the past three years on my own, so um, we've got 
you know people from all around the world who who know me as me. So I just thought there was no point in kind of changing the name and losing that fan base for the sake of it. Um, but you know, I, right. I did used to love. Oh, I I do love Dave Matthews, and my drummer's obsessed with Dave Matthews' band. So um, there's a bit of a nod in that direction. Yeah, not not yeah. so much Bon Jovi, but. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Um, now, be honest here, <laughs> Robbie. Uh, yes. How how easy is it for you to hook up with American girls because of your accent? <laughs> uh, um, I I wouldn't know because I've been to America for a very long time. Um, but I know that my my friend, one of my best friends, lives in uh, New York, and well, he's moving to LA, and and that's one of the main reasons why he's staying there. <laughs> Because uh, it, he does find it quite easy, um, right? But yeah, I've I've not really been in, <laughs> in that position. <laughs> so what's the beef with uh, America? You, you guys seem to rarely perform here. Is it because it's uh, <laughs> hard to get over here, or what's what's the deal? Yes, yes, there is okay. no beef with America. I love America, and <laughs> I can't wait to start performing over there. Um, actually, tonight I was just watching. Um, some videos on Facebook of like Ben Howard and the Staves and Daughter at South by Southwest, um, and I I literally just can't wait to get over there um, and start playing. I guess it's we've we've been together as a band for just under two years, um, and so you know we're only just starting to venture out into Europe. <laughs> um, and the prospect of of going to America is is incredible, but yeah, at the moment it's very it's very expensive. Right. And because you know we do, I I do have a day job, unfortunately, and and the other guys have got lots of other commitments. So um, you know, once once all that's out of the way, then and we have got the money, and then we'll definitely be on the first flight over there. We keep getting lots of Facebook requests from our lovely fans in America. To uh, come over and play, so hope to honour that soon. There's definitely well, a know, market. There's definitely a market for for your music over here. And uh, as uh, Brian and I were talking before you came on, uh, I've always had a thing for artists who can push the line across genres and and make it make sense, not just you know jumble two different styles of music together. And I was noticing you've uh, you've credited the Beatles, Arcade Fire, and the Kinks among your influences. I, I, I was listening. I was listening through that last song to to hear the Kinks influence. I must have missed that. But then, you know, my hearing isn't what it used to be either. But how do you decide? How do you, how do you get the feel for crossing this line? How do you know when to go and what direction to go in? Yeah. Um, I guess it's not it's not at all a conscious decision. That's the first answer. Um and it's it's all it's all on a kind of yeah, subconscious level. I, I which and I guess it's formed by the fact that I've had so many influences in my whole life, um, listening to music. You know, I I was I was brought up listening to the Kinks and the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel and James Taylor and um you know, whereas as soon as I started playing music, then, you know, I got introduced to people like Arcade Fire and Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. And, you know, so, uh, and then the other thing I would say is that I 
write in a lot of different styles. Um, I guess that this song that we're promoting is kind of the direction that I want to go forward to the world with. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, it, yeah, as I say, it's not it's not really a conscious decision. Um, it just it just happens, and I'm not saying there's bits of bits of everyone that I've you know ever been inspired by in every song. Right, um, of course. Well, the well the there probably is, but kind of, you know, it does not up front. Um, I hope that answers your question. Well, you've uh, <laughs> you, you've definitely made some noise. I know there was a uh, a can you hear this interview uh, where they said uh, the writer who for some reason doesn't put his name on his uh, review, uh, <laughs> and he said good things. So I don't know what I don't think he was hiding, but he said that uh, he said that uh, this feels like a band with huge potential, great songwriting and some commercial kudos to their catalog. And I noticed that you've got uh you've gotten some support in some pretty high places, uh none other than uh, Sir Tim Rice. Yes, exactly. Um he uh, is actually for one of my songs called Oh Alaska which um I wrote and I can't wait to play it to the people of Alaska. Um and yeah, he, he played that on BBC Radio too. Um he he also asked me to write some songs for the states of New Hampshire and Delaware and Vermont and Maine, so I wrote all of those songs and he played an another one New Hampshire song on BBC Radio too. Um and yes yeah, that that will happen very quickly, kind of uh, fantastic. Yeah, almost a few months after I started writing songs and taking it seriously. Ryan, did um, you get a hold so of Sarah Palin? Very well, very quickly. That's yeah, I was <laughs> I was gonna say, um why Alaska? You do know that Sarah Palin uh comes from there, right? <laughs> um I I tend to stay out of politics as much as possible. <laughs> Next month. So this, 
phone call from Tim Rice right before you go on stage at the Troubadour, did that energize your performance more? Yeah, yeah, definitely, I'd say so, definitely. Um, it was, it was just, it was just amazing. <laughs> it was so surreal. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, it definitely, definitely energized me, kind of. It's just, you know, little, well, that's quite a big thing, but lots of, lots of little things have kind of kept me going over the last three years. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's never really, there's never been a reason not to keep going, do you know what I mean? It, it's it's sure. all just kind of made sense from the start, which is really great. And, uh, Ryan, this goes back to what yeah. we were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, because uh, Robbie produced this, on his own computer, put it on a CD, yes. and hand-delivered the track. So as we were talking yeah. earlier, uh, with today's technology available to artists, yeah. uh, there really are yeah. ways out there to get things started. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, it, well, yeah, exactly. You, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. I forgot about that. Um, you know, I'd, I'd spent so much money on, on getting other songs of mine produced professionally, um, it, that it was quite funny that, and you know, I, but I'd, I'd I'd learned a few tricks on Logic, um, and it was quite funny that I just kind of re- decided to record this song on my own, um, in my own tiny little room <laughs> of excuse for a studio, um, and and yeah, and I just did it all did it all myself and, and handed it in to there his producer, and and he liked you know I, I said you know obviously I can re-record this with my band if, 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 as I suppose you want and he was like no it sounds fine as it is um, so so yeah that was great uh, and you know I, I think there's definitely still room for getting stuff properly produced definitely oh, um, absolutely, and, and, it's an and open now, that, door. now that I've got a, a band behind me it's it's really great to be able to have them play on on all of my tracks because they're amazing musicians and yeah i'm very lucky to have them um but you know there there is a lot that you can do at the moment we're, we're actually recording one of my newest songs on our own at the moment um and then we're going to kind of get it professionally mixed so i think you know if you can do as much as you can on your own um, I would definitely would advise that. But then I think, you know, outsource it where where the professionals can do it better. <laughs> right. You know what I'm thinking is that when you guys do get to the States, uh, you'll fit right in because judging by your pictures, you guys are all dressed like everybody in Brooklyn right now anyway. <laughs> no, okay, nice, good, good. I will, yeah. I will have to investigate that more and maybe we'll target Brooklyn first. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we talked so much about this song. I think it's only fair that we play it. Um, uh, Robbie, do you want to say anything else before we play "Oh Alaska"? Uh, to uh, oh, I got it. Alaska, it fantastic. Um, <laughs> just that it, it, I, I don't. I don't know where it came from. At, at the start, um, I actually I, I used Wikipedia as a source <laughs> for, because you know I didn't know that much about Alaska. Um, uh, that is my secret to this song. I used, I, I looked it up. I did lots of research, and to come up with the imagery. Um, but now, you know, ever since, ever since then, and whenever I play it, it's kind of 
the, the, there's a line in the co- chorus, you know, I'm um, dreaming of home, can you feel it? I've been here for too long, you know, um, got to be strong to achieve it. And, and it's it's kind of, every time, yeah, every time I play it, especially when I play it on Portobello Road in London when I'm busking, it, it kind of has more and more significance to kind of achieving achieving my goals. So that's all I'd say about that. <laughs> Which I never really get to say live. <laughs> this is uh, Robbie Boyd's yeah. band with O Alaska. We'll be right back with the David Bowers and Robbie Boyd. Oh, Alaska, won't you give me shelter and take me under your wing? Oh, Alaska, I heard you're the last great place the earth has ever seen. Oh, Alaska, won't you take me somewhere I can? Go to get a change of pace Oh, Alaska, can you paint me a picture Of your beautiful embrace Dreaming of home, can you see it? I've been here for too long, can you feel it? I'm moving home to the last frontier you gotta move on, let me hear it You got to be strong to achieve it We'll do it our way on the last frontier Oh, Alaska, I'll look north to the future That's how I want to live my life Oh, Alaska, be my mother nature I can't Wait to see your northern lights Oh, Alaska, come a little closer I have nearly reached your silver shores Oh, Alaska, you're not like the others You can show me what I'm looking for Dreaming of hope can you feel it? I'm moving home to the last frontier Well, if you gotta move on, let me hear it You got to be strong to achieve it We'll do it our way on the last Frontier. The last frontier. 
lost frontier The Lost Frontier Alright, check him out RobbieHeisenBoy.com um, The David Bowers uh, Since you, as you put it, are older than dirt um, Who do you uh, What influences do you hear in, in Robbie's music? Funny you should ask Because I was hearing a little Woody Guthrie in there Okay Well <laughs> Amazing. Would you say that Woody Guthrie is an influence of yours, Robbie? Um, I'd say that Bob Dylan definitely is an influence. Um, okay. And I know that he obviously Woody was Woody was Bob's main influence. So um, I, yeah, I, that's nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. I know that it. Uh, it. I was listening to it, and I said, you know. That there is definitely a shade, and yeah, it could definitely have come through a uh, a Bob Dylan uh, of vein. But yeah, there was definitely a touch of uh, Woody Guthrie there. Mm, awesome. <laughs> and I, I'm, I, I sometimes get confused between Woody and Arlo about <laughs> which, who who wrote which song. <laughs> right. Is, is Arlo is Arlo the more comedian? Yeah, Arlo. Yeah, Arlo is the younger, more comedic, and uh, yeah. probably a little more—well, probably a little more pop-oriented than uh, than Woody was. Okay. But uh, while yeah, while yeah. you have me on the spot, I'm going to say I'm really, really getting uh, enjoyment out of your music, and I'm I'm so glad that uh, Ryan invited me to uh, join him, whatever the circumstances were, uh, to join tonight, so that I got to hear and uh, hear your music and talk with you. I'll definitely be uh, spreading the word, and I'll be looking for you online too. So, if awesome. you, uh, you know, if you want to add me on on uh, Facebook, I will not decline and get you in trouble. <laughs> I'm, also, I'm also on Twitter and MySpace. I'll be looking for you there and spreading the word about your music. Keep in touch. And uh, before I forget, if you, you know, when you do get over this way, give me a shout. Mm-hmm. We'll make some noise for you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I would. I would absolutely love to. Come over definitely, and I'll um, look you up definitely. Thank you. You're not leaving, are you, David? I'm sorry. You gotta go. No, I just wanted to get that in while I could. You remember? Okay, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. (laughs) I'm used to working with two blonde ladies, so I get get my words in when I can. (laughs) (laughs) My um, well, my my uncle, my uncle is based in LA, Um, so I've I've been over there. Um, well, once, <laughs> um, but I, I, I would, I really just, yeah, can't wait to come and tour the states and and just, I would love know, to have, just like I said, there's a there's a definite a market, drive. there's a definite market over here. There's a following for it. I know we've, uh, I've been in touch with uh, with uh, several groups in similar veins. Uh, I know the the Celtic influence comes to mind right off the top because. Uh, we just did a St. Patrick's show and had uh, had Enter the yeah. Haggis on the show. Okay. And, uh, some of their music follows in in a similar vein, so uh, I, I I caught a uh, a connection there. But uh, yeah, there's a there's a definite market for that over here. Cool. And Robbie, do you think it do you think it will continue to for for a long time? <laughs> oh, I think so. You're you're looking, you know, you're you're looking at a. Uh, I don't want to say a generic uh, music, but it is—it's a roots music. And uh, right now, in in the states especially, there is a uh, 
fantastic growth in uh, not only the appreciation of Roots music, which I attribute, mm-hmm. again, going back to you know saying what a great thing this technology is that we have available to us, uh, it yeah. is because now we can preserve all of this music and uh, other forms of art and and information that we haven't been able to in the past. I mean, think about yeah. it. If we could have preserved the music of the 1700s and the 1800s, uh, but there is an appreciation. It, it's exploding, and it has virtually created a new genre, if you will, in the United States. There is a separate you know, you have to pigeonhole things. Unfortunately, you have to yeah. have categories. And there yeah. is a whole category that has been created over the last few years called Americana, which is mm. an outgrowth of this music, which has come from, you know, from your side of the pond. Let's face it, we came from there <laughs> originally. We didn't come over. We I didn't originate here and create our own sound. It's a compendium yeah. of all of these influences. Mm. Mm. Now, uh, Robbie, what do you think you want people to take away from your music? Um, ooh, big question. Um, happiness is probably one of them. Um, sure. You know, kind of be uplifted. Um, and I guess you know, I, I aim to write truthful lyrics as much as possible um, with you know positive positive meanings and and uh, yeah um it's all quite positive you know i mean i i write a lot of songs and some are some are a bit darker than others but you know it's even even the darker ones still have the kind of positive message and um you know when when we play live i i like to take the audience on a a musical journey um, mm-hmm. so you know Main, mainly we just play lots of upbeat songs um and then chuck in the occasional kind of slower number right and now, yeah would you would you agree with this statement uh two chairs in the middle of the room are not the same as three chairs in a circle um yes <laughs> i w- i would agree with it Two chairs in the middle of the room are not the same as three chairs in a circle. Um, Good. Yes, I, I definitely. I, I would say even the two chairs in the middle of the room aren't the same. I think um, you know there there are two ways of looking at everything, and I'm an optimistic person, <laughs> so that's probably why why my songs come across with quite positively. Um, because I kind of always tend to see the good in in things and in people. Uh, that was a great I, way of uh, lots of other people who see negative sides and things. Right. That was a great way of making sense out of that question because I really had I didn't write that I had no idea why I was asking it so. I never had that question before. It's nice. See, just when I, I was going to give you that was correct. <laughs> just when I was um, going to so, give you credit for your. <laughs> <laughs> No, never give me credit. So, uh, speaking of not giving me credit, uh, David Bowers, it's time to play a game. Do you know what game we're about to play? I haven't a clue. You didn't give me a All right. You You've played it before. <laughs> Robbie, this is a game where I'm going to give you guys a list of things. You tell me if they're hot or a hot yep. mess. Are you ready? Okay. A hot okay. mess. Let's open the mess, I'm the mess, I'm the mess, I'm the mess, please, love the mess. 
start with our guest, Robbie Boyd. Is Justin Bieber hot or a hot mess? <laughs> um, after what um, Ricky Gervais said about him at <laughs> the Grammys, I'll, I'll have to go hot. Otherwise, I'll, I'll face the wrath of the believers. Of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did Ricky Gervais wouldn't say about wanna, I wouldn't want to have them hunting, that, hunting me down. <laughs> um, next up, uh, oddly enough, uh, Ricky Gervais. Uh, oh wait, David David Bowers, Justin Bieber, hot or hot mess? Oh shoot! I thought I got away with that. <laughs> 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 I, I, no, I tell you that, no. that's that's one that uh, I, I could almost take one from column A and one from column B on that one. Uh, you know, <laughs> it depends on yeah. what you're basing it on. If you're basing it on his uh, his status in the industry, uh, he is definitely hot. I mean, like it or not, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of artists out there, and that's probably why, because nobody likes them all. Uh, but as far as a, uh, as far as a uh, celebrity, he's definitely hot. Uh, there is a distinct possibility that he could turn into a hot mess, too, but he's got a... Uh, He's got a career plan. He's got an outline and a direction that he says he's heading in. If he sticks to that and uh, you know doesn't uh, detour down the uh, down the wrong back streets of Hollywood, uh, he can continue <laughs> to stay. So I'm going to go with hot. Okay. Uh, next up on hotter hot mess, and this really is on my list. I'm not just saying it because you just said it. But Ricky Gervais, hotter hot mess. Uh, start with you, Robbie. That's funny. Um, I, well, I would have to say hot um, because he is a foundation of British comedy and he he did start something amazing with The Office and the Extras. And, uh, you know, his stand-up is um, is averagely funny. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, the things that he's achieved and created movements in comedy are fantastic and I I love the American office and that's kind of all come from him, uh, so I would definitely have to say hot, hot. And the David Bowers. Well, I, I'm I'm baffled now because I thought Benny Hill was the originator of British comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say he was the originator of British comedy, or if I did, I probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> no, um, but you know he. You can say whatever's on your mind, and if Ryan yeah, doesn't like it, he pulls the plug. It's easy as that. <laughs> no, I'd have to go with uh, Gervais is hot. He's a, he's another hot item right now, and uh, like him or not, and there's a lot of people that don't, uh, you know, they didn't invite him back to do the award show again because he was a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> now, next up on Hot Mess, Hotter Hot Mess, uh, The Welsh. Hot or hot mess? Uh, Robbie <laughs> the Welsh. <laughs> well, um, I would I would have to say hot because at least three of my band are Welsh. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so you get in trouble otherwise. And David Bauer. Exactly. This this is an easy one for me uh, <laughs> because I have some uh, some somewhere I haven't. Uh, haven't done a chemical analysis of it yet, but I have some Welsh blood in me, so I, I got to go with hot on that one. Fair enough. Next up, um, 
on Hot or Hot Mess. Uh, Dave, have you been to London? No, I have never had the privilege. Okay, uh, so here we go. This this won't make sense. You'll have to look me up. I'll definitely <laughs> do that. <laughs> the the tube, the London Underground, the tube, is this hot or a hot mess? Robbie Boyd. Oh, I have to say, I have to say hot, because um, we've actually just come back from France, and, and a large part of it is thanks to the the team who um, organised or help organise the London Underground. So, um, yeah, it can be very frustrating at times, can be very frustrating, um, but by and large, whenever I want to take it, it's always running on time. And just like any other city, I guess in rush hour, you know, obviously it's that it's worse with uh, overcrowding. But yeah, it, it does it does its job, and it's it's good. <laughs> so I have to say hot. And David Bowers, based on uh, no experience with it, what what do you think? <laughs> based on whimsy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I go with whimsy. Uh, we're 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 going four for four on this one, but uh, I yeah. have to use my only experience uh, in a, a similar situation. When I was uh, in upstate New York radio, we used to go down to uh, to the Apple every summer for at least one Yankee game. And one of the things that I insisted as part of our agenda for our trip down to New York. Uh, was we always drove way the heck down. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm trying to remember, uh, I want to say 32nd or 33rd Street, somewhere down in that area. Uh, there was a parking lot and uh, some really funky local Greasy Spoon restaurants. We'd go in, we'd get a burger and a fries and a Coke, and then we'd hop the subway and ride back up to Yankee Stadium. We deliberately went down there because I felt that going to New York City and not riding on the subway was like going to a carnival and not riding on the roller coaster. You just didn't do it. So I'm going to, based on that, I'm going to say hot. You would drive all the way down just to go back up. I like that. How about this? Um, Next up on Hot or Hot Mess, the amount of mayonnaise British folks use on sandwiches. Robbie Boyd, Hot or Hot Mess. (laughs) Who's going first? Uh, You are, sir. Um, well, that is funny you say that because my my keyboardist Adam um, has got an unusually large obsession with mayonnaise. That's kind of the one of the jokes, and he'll literally have it with anything, um, any meal. He'll he'll have mayonnaise. We even brought him a tub of mayonnaise for his last birthday. Um, so, and I you know, I, I like it. I like it myself. I do like it. Um, I I like it so much I'm going to have to say 5 out of 5 hot um, huh. because it is just so good and you know, it is very flexible it can go with anything um, uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and David what think you well, I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> I like this guy. He thinks he thinks his invitation to stop and see him was just a polite invitation. He doesn't know that I'm <laughs> going to take him up on it. <laughs> Robbie, you're all right. Listen, when I was a kid, my brother and I ate mayonnaise sandwiches. We'd get whatever bread was in the house, just flop some mayonnaise out of it and call it lunch. So yeah, exactly. absolutely five for five. That's hot. <laughs> All right, two more. Let's start with you this time. I actually, uh, I actually came up with uh, with a good invention, if, if anyone wants to have it, which is uh, Maisto, 
just combining pesto and mayonnaise. Because <laughs> <laughs> pesto is one of my very, favorites. I've had that recently. So, That's very good. You yeah, had that here. Check that out. I'll get back to you on that, Bobby. <laughs> um, uh, next up on Hot or Hot Mess, David Bowers. Let's start with you. The band The Darkness. Band from, from England. The Darkness. You know, I'm not overly familiar with them, so I'm I'm really, unfortunately, not able to give a uh, valid opinion, so I'm going to be totally invalid. <laughs> just, go out on a, just go out on a limb on this one, and... Uh, I, I regret that I have to do that because I don't like to uh I don't like to judge anything anyway because <laughs> as soon as you do you're in trouble because they're gonna judge you back and then you've been stuck. But uh yeah. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna play it safe. Hot has worked pretty well so far tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna say the hot. <laughs> hot. And what about you, Robbie? I actually don't know any of their music at all either. Um I all I know is I believe in a thing called love. But I would say that I, I definitely agree with David, um, and that I'm I'm not really one for kind of, as I would say, rinsing other artists. <laughs> I, I don't like kind of you know putting anyone else down because almost fear of other people putting me down. Um, but you know, no, I I respect what they've done. Uh, and I'm so I'm probably going to have to play it safe and say hot as well, um, because you know any, anyone who's kind of got a big enough name for themselves has obviously done something new, which I'm I think it seems that they have, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll go with hot. <laughs> Good idea. I think both of you were right there. They are fantastic. And last up on Hot or Hot Mess, uh, you've experienced it there across the pond. We we just had it this past. Uh, season, television season, The X Factor. David Bowers, let's start with you. The X Factor, Hot or Hot Mess. Oh, okay. You're going to put me on the spot with this one. Uh, (laughs) I am not, and I'll be right up front on this, I am not a big fan of these shows. Uh, And and I hearken back to uh, a lot of uh, upcoming talent-type shows going way back uh, uh, to the probably the original broadcast one, which was uh, the old amateur hour on radio, and then later came on to TV. I'm not a big fan of these things, and I think there's uh, I think there's too much uh, stunting. There's too much glitz. There's too much bottom line. I mean, let's face it, the whole thing with all of these shows is not to find a find a talent or to make a star. The whole bottom line is to make money for the sponsors. It's to get ratings, to get people watch TV. And if you look at some of the stuff that draws audiences, and no, I'm not going to point fingers at anybody, but we all know there is a more than a fair share of crap on television, and <laughs> a lot of it is what's drawing the huge audiences. So I'm going to break the chain here, and I'm going to say hot mess. Hot mess. First hot mess of the night. And Robbie Boyd, X the X Factor, hot or hot mess. Well, yeah, definitely David raises a very good point. I agree with him on everything. Um it is it is a slightly guilty pleasure. Um, <laughs> just just kind of just watching it occasionally. 
um, and kind of seeing people put their all into it. Um, but ultimate, ultimately, I agree. I, I think kind of what it represents isn't uh, certainly not what I represent. Um, <laughs> and you know, on, for I don't know, it's, so, it's difficult. It's difficult. I might have to break the chain too and just go with hot mess. <laughs> hot mess. All right. Um, took a <laughs> took a reality uh, contestant music show to break the chain. Um, now, uh, Robbie, I must ask you, if you had to sleep with one of the Spice Girls, who would you pick? (laughs) Um, obviously Posh. Posh, I see. Okay. (laughs) Um, now, uh, let's, um, play one more of your songs to close out the night here. Um, so you're, uh, you're going to be playing tomorrow night in, in Notting Hill in my old Stomping grounds back uh, yeah and ah. fall of 2003 and when you said Portobello Road I know exactly nice. what you're talking about my gym was over there and uh, yeah, I really love London yeah mm. it's great um, very cool now uh, that'll be tomorrow night no quarter at Notting Hill Arts Club and uh, check him out at robbie-boyd.com isn't that annoying you had to put that hyphen in there. Um, yeah, a little bit annoying, but it, it, whenever I say it, it's quite quite funny. It makes it different. So. Well, you make it sound classy. And also follow uh, <laughs> Robbie on the Twitter at uh, uh, at Robbie Boyd Band. Now, um, uh, let's play the song to close out the night. Um, David, you got anything you want to say before we go? I would like to thank you again for uh, allowing me to participate in this show and be here tonight, and I would like to thank Robbie for uh, being your guest and uh, for making it through. I would have missed something if I hadn't gotten to talk to you, and uh, you can take me seriously. If I ever uh, find a way to find myself over in merry old England, you'll be one of the first people I look up. It's a pleasure meeting you, and I I love your music. It's great to meet you. I'm I'm sorry um, that um I was I was late so we got we got it mixed up. Mixed don't up. worry about no it. No worries. <laughs> In fact, I I I was telling David before that I skyped with my friend. He's um he's from Northern Ireland, but he's living in London right now and he he said to me yesterday like, "So, what are you doing the rest of the day?" And uh I was like, "What do you mean rest of the day? It's already 4 o'clock And he had no idea that we had switched the time, so I had a feeling that that that's what was going on. Uh, so it's all gravy train is what I'm saying. Um, but David Bauer, thank you very much for pinch hitting at the last minute. And uh, Robbie Boyd, it's been a pleasure. Um, what uh, would you like to say before I go ahead and play Orion's Belt to close out the show? Oh, fantastic. Um, well, this is our second single, which we're releasing on 4th of June, with, along with the e- our first EP called Autumn's Flown. Um, you can check out the music video we just made of, of Orion's Belt and also of our first single, I Won't Let You Go, on YouTube. Um, so just type in the Robbie Boyd Band and either Orion's Belt or I Won't Let You Go. Um, this is the first happy love song that I ever wrote. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, I'd, I'd written a lot of songs to kind of help me get over my ex girlfriend. <laughs> Um, and but but they were all quite sad. <laughs> so um, when when um, someone special came along, 
I I wrote this song, um, and it's kind of an ode to nature, almost, and and it's just a kind of a happy love song. Awesome. Well, um, that's it for tonight. Uh, remember, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. And lastly, <laughs> hit the brakes, Florence. Here is Robbie Boyd Band with Orion Felt. Good night, everybody. Take care, guys. Good night. Never quite enough to love And how Tables turn back into wood Able to kill Cain if he could And how Thy men want to see again Silence is a faithful friend Have a little heart for the man on the street Where would we be without the feet? Once we're young Now we're only getting old Take a little time to remember why You're in December but it feels like mid-July Heart smells on Ryan Felt is always round the corner And how A child awakes when daylight breaks Father sees his son take shape And how A sea of leaves on the road Nostalgia is my only home And how Now take a breath of solid air Take it deep and I'll take you there Have a little heart for the man on the street Where would we be without the bees? Once we're young Now we're only getting old Take a little time to remember why you're in December, but it feels like mid-July. Hearts melt, Orion melt is always round the corner. the bees once were young now we're only getting older and how freedom wins when suffering ends and love returns when trust begins and how do you know when love's real lose all your senses and Like mid July, hot.
watch melt Orion's belt is always round the corner. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.